This is a Balanced Brain Podcast with your hosts, Melanie Nicholson and Sean Clift. Hello and welcome back to the Balanced Brain Podcast. My name's Sean Clift and I'm joined with my co-host and very good friend, Melanie Nicholson. Melanie, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Sean. How are you going? Yeah, really great. Another exciting episode we've got tonight. Um, Our guest, Courtney Brown. Now, Courtney went to go on a three-week holiday to Hawaii, ended up staying six months. Courtney, you went on holidays, you got lost, but you found yourself. Welcome to the Balanced Brain Podcast. Tell us all about it. What happened in Hawaii? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Hawaii for me was one of those, um, I guess, like I call it a soul searching time where, you know, you book a holiday because you're a bit over life and you have you have your job and you don't want to do it. And someone goes, hey, course, I'm going to Hawaii. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, you know what? So we booked three weeks. Um, my friend at the time, he left after three weeks and I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> and I stayed for um, six months just working, you know, illegally I guess um which also is why I had to come home after six months because I was not supposed to be there but I guess over the time I I just started to find like the reason or my purpose I guess and I know that sounds a little bit like wishy-washy and whatever you went on the holiday to search for yourself but actually whatever happened in Hawaii and I'm still trying to pinpoint that one thing if I had an epiphany or you know just some one experience maybe it was all of it um but I got home and I was like oh my god like I'm not aligned with my purpose what I'm doing is not connected with what I want to do and so Hawaii for me just changed everything and I I guess in kind of it just like started my whole journey so at that time I went to Hawaii obviously I'd broken up with a boyfriend I hated my job and I went to Hawaii and then I came back had that amazing time a lesson learned whatever it was and then um I came home and I was like okay well uh, I want to practice what I preach and and at that time for those of you who don't know me you probably don't um I'm a female strength and conditioning coach so I'm very heavily passionate and based in um the health industry um I've been coaching for over 13 years now, um, males as well, but mainly females. That's kind of my thing now. Um, and I guess you don't really put a six month trip to Hawaii as a healthy one. Most of you probably wouldn't anyway. So it definitely wasn't. It was lots of partying, lots of different experiences. I, um, taught surfing for six months, skateboarded to work every day in my bikini, like a big cash. I was was living a life, met some cool people. Um, but obviously that, I guess, partying lifestyle or holidaying lifestyle wasn't kind of conducive to my health and fitness goals or values of what I had. I was still training and eating, you know, healthy stuff and like Hawaii fruit and pokey and stuff, but it wasn't like really connected. Like I didn't feel like I was helping anyone. I thought I was coaching, but like I was just coaching because I wanted a free gym membership. So there's really no like purpose there. So I guess over the six months in Hawaii, I kind of started to realize this. And then I got home and I think I had this like life-changing conversation with one of my coaches at the time. I was very heavily into CrossFit. Um, and I guess a, a lot of you who do CrossFit might know it's very community-based and you feel very like you belong to something and you're very welcomed. And I guess for some point I felt like I belonged to that because I hadn't belonged to anything for so long. I finished uni, 
didn't know what I wanted to do, did random jobs every now and then, did some coaching, worked in the week Sundays, went straight to life. I didn't really have like a purpose. I was just all over the place. Um, and so when I found CrossFit, I felt like this, this sense of belonging because I'm like, I don't know if it's like, I don't want to speak for all CrossFitters out there, but I don't know if I was a misfit or I had no purpose, but going to the gym and feeling like I was a person and I was there to train and to accomplish whatever the training session gave me that day, I guess for me that was my sense of belonging. But then it kind of turned to, yeah, I thought I was in the health and fitness industry and I was training really well, but then I kind of went too far the other side and I was training too much and it was affecting my health. And then I was not obsessed, but I was very into CrossFit and I was still very partying at the same time. So I had this conversation with one of my coaches at the time and it was a Monday morning and I'm like, I'm going to go in for my session and I'm like crying my eyes out and I'm like, oh, I just went out on the weekend and life sucks and everything's so hard. And he's like, what, what do you want to do? Do you want the party life or do you want the health life? And I knew like there was always deep down ingrained in me that I wanted to be in the health and fitness industry and I wanted to help people and helped people from every job I could have since my first job was a swim teacher when I was I think 16 and then I taught kids about surf safety at the beach and then I um, coached kids at school you know for sports so I was always teaching and helping and, and being with people and I really loved that but I couldn't find how I could do that because I was still so lost and a bit you know confused with my who am I stage I guess I was about like 24 um so I had a conversation with my coach and he was like what do you want and then I really like sat down and then he introduced me to a book like this is the most life-changing book that I have I suggest to everyone like it's my favorite it's ratted and wet and pages falling it's highlighted there's notes you guys probably know it's called yeah. the monk who sold his Ferrari yeah yeah that was kind of my first introduction to a spiritual journey or personal development and it just like changed how I saw everything and so with my I guess epiphany in Hawaii this conversation with my coach I started to be like okay I know what I want to do I've got to change my life around. And it, it just started like that, reading more personal development books, hanging around, you know, with people who supported me. Um, and then six months later, I met Rory, who is an amazing guy. I've been with him for almost, you know, six years now. We have a baby on the way. Um, but I really believe it was law of attraction because we had two very, very different people. He yeah. was, you know, um, interpersonal development as well. He was a business owner. He was an athlete. He was helping people and changing his lives. And I felt that like I put that out there and introduced him. And I guess that was like the start of where I really began to find my purpose, which was super, super, super exciting. So that's kind of where my story started and got to. Um, and that was, yeah, like I said, around 2014, um, I'm 32 now. So I was around 24, 20 five um and then because Rory had a few gyms I started coaching at them as well and I started to really really enjoy myself and I started to really see how I could help people and teach girls different things and build these awesome relationships but the problem with that was that because I was now a coach or a female coach I felt like I had to have that image of a coach I felt like I had to look <coughs> shredded or jacked or you know like 
always have a six pack, lift the heaviest in the way in the gym, you know, whatever it might be. So I found what I loved and I wanted to be kind of like, you know, a role model or an inspiration to these girls who wanted to train, who wanted to move away from the party life, who didn't know who they were and wanted to kind of find themselves and build a bit of confidence. But in myself, I was like not happy. And I guess I was being like now, I don't even think Instagram was around. Or maybe it was just starting, but I was trying to be one of those fitspos, but it wasn't who I was. Like if anyone sees my Instagram, it's not as though like my boobs are out all the time. Like, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. never like I'm trying to teach people things. Um, so I guess that kind of started a bit more of my health journey. You know, like I was training and I was eating pretty well what I thought I was, but then I was training a lot and I was under eating and then I'd met Rory. So we obviously didn't want to have a baby when we first met. So I went on hormonal birth control. So like all these things were affecting health, which I thought was a good thing. And then realized a few years later, like it probably isn't the best thing when I wasn't feeling recovered. I was training too much. I was eating, you know, shitty diet foods, low carb, low fat, low sugar, whatever. Um, I was putting, you know, despite putting all the fun stuff I did in Hawaii in my body I was now putting this thin synthetic chemical of a pill in my body every mm. single day and I was like if I am you know thinking about being a picture of health or teaching girls about health I really want to get to the bottom of my health to share my story and share my experiences and be like I've tried this this happened to me why did I do this so then that's kind of where I found my passion for really helping girls and diving deep into not only body composition, I know that's part of it, but like their health, their long-term health and their hormones and their metabolism and also their confidence in the gym. Yeah, right. So let's let's um, flesh that out a little bit further as, as we get down. But I want to go back. I w- it sounds like, you know, 24-year-old Courtney had this incredible lifestyle you know traveling and sort of free willed and you know doing a lot of partying and stuff like that but you mentioned that um you had a bit of a, a breakdown at times and and said you know life's so crap and da, da, da. so what what were you thinking then what was going through your mind at that point in time like what why were you thinking even after all this sort of on the on the external seeming like this really great lifestyle what was happening internally yeah, I call I call that courts the old courts. Like sometimes she comes out, hasn't been for a while, but like, <laughs> you might want to meet her. You probably don't want to. Um, but I guess at that time, um, I, I think I said like I'd finished uni, didn't know what I wanted to do. I did my, my degree at uni was a business degree in leisure management. So like what even is that? Like that's not <laughs> yeah. well, that, that came around. <laughs> yeah, there was. When I was finishing school and I thought, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> leisure management. But, yep, exactly. Yeah. I was the lady of leisure in my house. Like, <laughs> I was. Um, they don't do that degree anymore at UTS in Sydney. They've scrapped it. Probably I was the last year, that's why. Um, but I think it was more because I was, yeah, surrounded by all these people who went to uni and knew what they wanted to do. And a lot of my girlfriends wanted to be nurses, so they were all studying and going straight to work. Like, I had no idea and I thought that was a bad thing like I was like I am so lost what am I going to do with my life this sucks and so I was known as the party girl and the fun girl and so I 
that must have been my cover. That's the only thing I can think of. I was trying to escape from something, you know, as we all do, um, do or did. And that was kind of my, I guess, outlet into being like, I'm not lost. This is what I do. But I don't, I don't know where that came from. And I think it probably came from comparison. I went to an all girls school. I went to a private school. Um, family pressure, pressure to get a job, you know, pressure yeah. to get that piece of paper from university, which like has been beneficial to me as well. But just at that time, I probably shouldn't have gone to uni straight away. I should have gone to Hawaii before uni, so I yeah. would have figured out what I wanted to study. So I guess it was just be feeling that lost, maybe comparing to people, not knowing what I wanted to do. I guess that's kind of where that came from, which then led me to just go, well, let's go to Hawaii. Courtney, I'm a recovering perfectionist and it sounds like you are a perfectionist and that can also lead to an absolute absolute stalemate as to what to do, like because you want to get it so perfect, you can end up not making decisions and, and yeah, that I can um, relate to that where you're just paralysed by indecision because you just want to get it so perfect. Yeah, and I think for for me, I am... Um always will like try to make other people happy before myself. I put, I put other people's first, which is okay. And I now know my boundaries and I now that know that I shouldn't do that all the time. But back in those days, I'd do anything for anyone. And if someone needed something, I'd help them, but I would never ever help or support myself. So I was always giving, giving, giving and not allowing myself to receive or rest or learn or whatever it might be. So I think that was kind of a cover up as well, I guess, because I was like, oh, I'll just help everyone else and not me. Yeah. So on that trip to Hawaii, you said it wasn't just one thing that that sort of led you on to this discovery almost, but can you identify some of the things that happened while you were there that sort of started to change that mindset or that internal dialogue? I, like, I try to think about this so much. It was, you know, like six, eight years ago, Um I try to think about it so much and the only thing I can put it down to is the people I met there. Now, obviously, like, the local Hawaiians are, like, super chilled out. They love their life. I was in Waikiki most of the time, so it was very touristy. But working at the surf school, I was working with heaps of other people like me, travellers who were just, like, you know, wanted a holiday, didn't know what they really wanted to do, didn't have a full-time job or, like, any real aspirations in in work or their professional life so I guess just talking to them and learning more about their story to me it was like oh like this is okay I'm I'm allowed to not have a plan I'm allowed to you know not be forced into doing anything and I think that was a really good lesson for me to be like because like obviously when I was comparing myself to everyone I was like what am I doing but when I met those people over there I was like oh there's people like me out there and that's so (laughs) nice yeah okay so there was a big identity thing, obviously. So you, 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 am I right to say that you sort of had this idea of what you were going to do when you finished school? It was like, I'm going to go to uni and I'm going to be this really successful, you know, student at uni and then somehow get into this very successful career. And when that sort of started to dissipate, it, it is hard with that identity. You always think, oh, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. But then you really were discovering your true self, I guess. Yeah, and I think that like these days or when I was at school, people put a lot of pressure on you to do that. Like not everyone knows what they want to do when they're 17, 18, and I thought I had to. So um, 
I guess I, I have I have a twin sister as well. So she wanted to be a nurse. She was a really hard studier. Perhaps there was some comparison there um, as well because she knew what she wanted to do. And I was known as the free spirit of the family. So I guess that was a little bit different as well. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't really know what I wanted to do until probably after uni. My mom was an aerobics instructor and she was like, if you work at a gym, you never have to pay a gym membership in your life, um, <laughs> which is probably true. Um, I haven't paid for a gym membership yet. Um, but um, I think more so uh, after when I kind of found that I really liked it, I was still helping people because I liked putting people before me, but it was still kind of aligned with my values of the health and fitness as well. So eventually I figured it out, but it wasn't, you know, straight away. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about when you got back from Hawaii. How was life different? What What were you doing when you got back? Yeah. I mean, I had to find a job. <laughs> um, I kind of remember what I did. I think I just went back into some coaching, um, but that was when I sat down with my coach at the time. Like he, like I changed my life just because he started talking about. It. He's like, "Coach, what?" you actually want um and that's when he introduced me to the book the monk who sold his ferrari and then i read it and then i slowly started to change the way i thought and how i felt and what i kind of pieced it all together and figured out what i wanted to do so that's when i think i mentioned law of attraction and meeting rory i think that my whole like being or person i don't know what it is but it, it changed to help you know invite those things into my life as personal yeah. development does like that spiritual journey so yeah yeah, um, Courtney, so tell us, I'm, I'm really interested. I think a lot of um, female listeners would be interested because I'm 44 and was put on the, on the contraceptive pill when I was 18 for endometriosis and never once thought about what that meant for my body. I was on that for 20 years. And then it wasn't until I was actually on Instagram one day and I saw that young girls are really starting to talk about this and how they felt like they had no control over their bodies because most gynecologists, most doctors are male and they're always advising you on what to do with your body. And I only really started thinking about it through young women on posting on Instagram because in my generation, women, you know, still just never questioned um, how hormonal contraception was affecting them. And yeah, so I'm really, it's really interesting how young girls in that area are taking control there. Mm. I think that's um, something that, well, I hope to teach more girls about as well and actually just have the conversation. I was quite young when I got my first period. I was in year six, so like 14. Same with me, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so like, think about like a, like a 14, 13-year-old, like going through that and then no one talked about it. I think mum left me like a book on my pillow or something to read and like figure it out yourself or whatever it was. Um, but we never really spoke about it. Like we did a little bit, um, but it was always like, oh, you've got your period, like don't talk about it or that sucks or it's such a burden. And then we go through these stages where we're taught that we can, you know, fall pregnant every day of our cycle and we just believe that because that's the only thing we're taught at school and then we go to the doctor because we don't want to fall pregnant and then, like you said, the male doctor will put us on contraceptive, some form of it, um, without telling us any side effects, without mm. telling us what could cause it and really only putting us on it as a masking 
solution. It's like a band-aid. Yeah. It's never going to fix the, the problem. So some girls go on it for contraception, um, for, you know, painful periods, irregular periods, PMS, bad skin, weight gain, whatever it might be. But mm. as soon as you stop taking that pill, those things yeah. are going to come back until you actually deal with the root cause. And that's where I figured out that I shouldn't be putting this in my body. I really want to teach girls that we can solve the root cause of that problem without having to affect long-term fertility or your health or change your hormones or whatever it might be. And even mental health, Courtney, because I've started reading about the connection between contraceptive pill and depression in women, right? So I think it's, yeah, it's, I think that's opened up a whole can of worms for, mm-hmm. because I struggled with depression all through my 20s and 30s. And yeah, I am, I'm starting to see a lot of clinical evidence around depression and contraceptive pill. And yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting thing that's come out about and that. And anxiety as well. Anxiety a lot for like we need to be more anxious about anything right now um yeah that's a a really really big one for girls as well yeah it's I think there's a lot of things coming out now that we just never questioned before we were never taught to and it's the same for men right like same for like what's what happens with prostate cancer and not checking things and yeah I think there's just a lot more health information coming out um, and looking at health holistically, not just what you're putting in your body, but how it impacts you on all levels. Mm. I also heard a, a podcast, I can't remember what one, but um, this doctor was interviewed and she said that her doctor's practice, um, the contraceptive pill or hormonal birth control contributed to 30% of her income. So just what? to, yeah, like wow. a massive, yeah. just to like, make money for the clinic we'll just put every 15 year old girl on the pill because that's just oh like i was like yeah that made me sick i was like this cannot go on and now i'm having a daughter i'm like oh my god what am i gonna do like yeah. <laughs> so right. courtney you, you mentioned that you're working with um young women now what's what what tell us about that what, what are you doing yeah this is um something that was born probably two years ago and i absolutely love it it's my most favorite thing to do like I think I well, when I met Mel we spoke about like just female health and contraception for like yeah. so yeah. long <laughs> in the middle of the gym just because I'll talk to anyone about it um but yeah working obviously in the gym for over 13 years I really just loved starting to work more with females and, and we all hear that rumor like don't lift weights you're gonna get bulky all you have to do is do cardio to lose weight because you have to look, you know, tiny all the time and this is how you're going to lose body fat. Um, But I started to really learn more about how strength training and good quality nutrition can affect your hormones and how to support that and link it all together. So now, yeah, I work with um, females who kind of have a a pretty good background in training, but they want to dive a little bit deeper into their strength training. They really want to focus on nutrition. So it's not as though, you know, we're eating in a calorie deficit all the time, or we're eating low carb or low fat. We're, you know, we're trying to move away from that and just give our body exactly what it needs. Um, And then teaching them all about their menstrual cycle as well. Because most people go, okay, it's time to have a baby. Now what? Most doctors will say have sex every second day, which is like, (laughs) Imagine doing that. Like some people try for a year. Imagine having sex every single day. Uh, that sounds like a male doctor. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> seriously, like I'm sorry. That's like like impossible. So just teaching girls more about it to feel more empowered and not knowing like yeah. that 
they probably don't have a fertility issue. They just need to get their timing right. But just educating and empowering them on that because we never were taught that at school. I think it's such an important thing. So linking them all together to really help girls, yeah, feel more confident, I guess, have a purpose, feel strong and, and feel empowered, kind of like what I wasn't when I was in Hawaii is now what I do. And I guess that's kind of where I was born from, essentially. So, Courtney, you're mainly dealing with, um, you know, uh, sort, sort of t- late teenage girls. Is that the sort of main group you're working with? So actually, I work with like a little bit of the older girls, not older, um, but I mean, anywhere from like 25 normally, a little bit older. So okay, right. They might have a bit of experience. They've been on the pill for a while. They might be in a long-term relationship, but they're eventually thinking about starting a family. So stopping, you know, that hormonal birth control is important like way, way before you want to start having a baby. So just teaching them about that, learning about your cycle um, and how it's linked to everything, how you can train with it, support it with nutrition. Because I think not many girls know that like your hormones are based on your health and they're a sign of your health. So just supporting that without having to take medication or take extra supplements, but just from good food and training and, and rest like that can make a pretty powerful impact on your health. Sure. Courtney, I did a um, 28-day hormone health diet. I can't remember the name of the dietitian. And um, she was saying that, like, it, it was amazing. Like, it, I just didn't understand how, how hormones interacted with your diet to make you feel better. And so I did this 28-day challenge. But um, she was saying that still, even in her industry and even in doctors and specialists, they still completely discount healthy food, you know, not having alcohol as having any impact on hormones. So they, they, they still don't look at it holistically. And I, I think that that's where things are changing, where people are taking a little bit more control of their health and understanding it more from that angle. Yeah, and I think people like to be educated as well. Like more people want to learn more because I think they're getting to the point where they're like, okay, well, what I'm doing isn't working or hasn't worked or I'm getting worse, not better. So what changes can I make? And I think now we see a, like more females in particular talking about things like this to really support and educate younger girls as well because if I knew this you know years ago I would never have gone off the pill I would have learned about my cycle and things probably would have been very different with my my cycles or painful periods and and things like that. Now and I'm just thinking about the last 18 months um, I know just anecdotally and just looking at at it's what research is showing that because of COVID and lockdown, so many people have just completely given up on their physical health. They put on weight. But have you have you seen that in your business with the impact of COVID on people's not just their mental health, their physical health, everything that's going on for them, and how how that's going to be turned around? I guess absolutely. It was a yeah. It's been a massive one. And initially, the first thing I noticed in the initial lockdown was that a lot of my clients were reporting menstrual cycle irregularities, not from receiving anything, but just purely from stress initially, because we were locked down and we didn't know what we were doing, couldn't go to work, all that kind of stuff. So that was the first thing. And then people were spending more time at home. So they were moving less then they were eating more because they were, you know, maybe eating their feelings or a bit depressed, a bit emotional, so they were eating more. Um, drinking then, heaps of wine. Drinking, <laughs> yeah, drinking was a big one as well. Exactly. Um, and not going anywhere. And I think eventually, like, initially everyone's like, oh, this is like a fun little holiday. And then over time people are like, this is getting worse. Yeah. 
I need yeah. to do something about it. And it was it was great for my business because people still wanted to do more with their nutrition. So we could do it all online and we could still, um, you know, you had like a new recipe a week, you had to cook and different things that just kept people excited, but still focusing on health, not just throwing it, throwing it all away. So yeah, I think stress played a huge part of it. It still does. Um, mm. And that's a big thing I talk to my clients about anyone really I'm like our goal is always to minimize stress wherever we can to help our health our hormones and stress could be you know not eating enough eating too much not training enough eating too like training too much um living in a pandemic being locked down not seeing our friends all this stuff we need to minimize that as much as possible but then you also saw people who were yeah putting on weight not moving enough may have got like back injuries from sitting down all day so like all these things were linked. And I think it's only now I started an eight-week course, like more and more people were like, okay, I need to do anything. Like I don't mm. even care if Christmas is coming up. They're just like, I want, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to start anything till February. But now they're like, I just need to like get this back, yeah. rein it all in because I guess then, you know, that affects your mental health and, and it just is that vicious cycle where we all get stuck in. So trying to make break through that. Yeah. So Courtney, what advice have you got to um, not just not just young girls and, and young women, but anyone really to, um, you know, as far as their health and fitness regime go, that can help their um, uh, mental health as well? Do you have any advice around that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a big one, especially in terms of our cycle um, and our hormones and how our mental health changes and then how our food can affect that. We know that mental health can be, you know, connected to gut health as well. And then taking the pill will affect your gut health and your mental Like it's like all connected and it's yeah. just like a crazy cycle. Um, but yeah, there's a few, the fir- the, a few things I have. The first thing is eat more real food. And I'm not saying like eat lots of it, but I'm saying eat good quality meat, fruit and veg, like have the yum stuff, but like stay away from the diet foods and the no sugar and the low carbon, low cow things, because they're just not full of anything good. If we think back ancestrally, we want to be eating, you know, all the animal products and full fat dairy and heaps of fruit and honey and stuff like that, that now we're taught is bad for us. Yeah. Mm. So eat yet more real food is a really, really big one. And that's actually one I started doing when I went through, you know, my diet phases, I guess. I used to eat all that stuff and they have all artificial sweeteners in it. We know that Mm. they cause inflammation, they affect your gut, they affect your mental health, like everything. So um, get rid of that stuff and just eat real food. Um, Number two is stop stop thinking you need to train more because that's really, really common with females. Sometimes with guys as well, they just want to get to the gym because they want to look buff. Um, but we forget that smashing ourselves in the gym is actually causing more stress most of the time. So yeah, training is a stress. We don't need to do it every single day. We don't need to do an hour of cardio every single day. Um, we just want to make sure that we are progressing in the gym, but not, you know, we can't recover and we think we have to do it. Yeah, right. Okay exercise our food off and stuff like that for females track your cycle it's like the number one most like empowering thing you can do i remember like like warrior say hey when they talked about my period and now he's like 
so excited about it. <laughs> I'm like, this happened and this happened. And I go back in my cycle and this happened. And he's like, cool. Um, I'm actually uh, obviously very excited. I'm pregnant, but sad. I won't get a period for another, you know, nine months or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and again, minimize stress. I know that's really, really hard. We can't eliminate it. We can't get rid of it, but minimize it wherever we can, whether it's eating real food, whether it's strength training, sleeping more, talking to your friends more, like we just need to minimize stress so we can because even if you don't feel stressed like collectively the whole world is stressed so we need to minimize that magnesium yeah. bath is a good one i started that yeah so courtney you're pregnant how far in are you six congratulations, congratulations. Six, months. six months tomorrow and it's crazy and i have a little summer baby a mini mermaid fantastic and so how are you feeling about the future courtney like bringing a baby into a world, a new world. Uh, what, what is, how does that feel? Like that's a big thing to be happening at, at this point in time in humanity. So it's, yeah, it's huge. And um, yeah, when we announced it, it was, everyone's like, Oh, a lockdown baby. But I keep telling people that Newcastle wasn't in lockdown when she was conceived. So she's not a lockdown baby. <laughs> we were, we were still <laughs> just living life. Um, it is scary. Like it is pretty scary, but I feel that, um, we have some pretty good people around us who like, you know, are really supportive, who understand our situation, who know what's best for us and what, what we want, I guess. Um, I think I'm more excited just to be able to contribute through her and leave a legacy to be able to teach her things. And hopefully, you know, she can continue to teach females or males, like whatever she decides to do, but just help people and teach people. And I guess that would be my, yeah, little legacy and contribution to the world to be able to bring this little little girl up and, and teach her all the good stuff we know. Yeah. <laughs> well, girls are amazing. I've got a five-year-old now. I can't believe she's five. It's, five. It goes so fast. You wait. But it'll just go, go, go. The next. Oh, no. In thing. your head, were you freaking out about all this period chat? Like, oh, amazing. my God, what have I got? <laughs> <laughs> I used to think about that <laughs> So, um, Courtney, what's your hopes for the future? Um, I guess for me, yeah, my goal is to continue really empowering females around their health and their hormones um, to kind of, I don't think I'll ever kill diet culture, but to kind of move away from that and teach girls that they don't have to always have a six pack and they don't always have to train every day and look like all those girls on Instagram that we see because that's what I thought I had to do as a coach but now from you know my experiences and what I've learned I've realized that it's not obviously all about how you look it's not about your six-pack it's really about your health and your mental health and how you can really improve that so yeah my goal is just to continue to educate and teach girls and guys because I think it's really important for guys to know about this stuff as well um and and yeah bring this little girl into the world happy and healthily um and that's, I guess, all I can hope for. Great, Courtney. That's that's. I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up the hopes of the future. And um, it's been really valuable to have you on and provide all this great information and and your journey with health. And I think that's going to be the focus for so many people. Absolutely, Courtney. 
Tell us, how, how can people follow you? How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, awesome. So I have an Instagram page at Coach Courtney Brown. Definitely no six-packs there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, and massive boobs. Um, so I have Instagram at Coach Courtney Brown. You can follow me on Facebook. Courtney Brown is my name. I do have a free Facebook community for girls to join. It's called Nutrition, Training, and the Menstrual Cycle for Women Who Train. And I go live every week in there with experts or just myself talking about things post lots of ebooks and free stuff in there so they can find that it's on my instagram as well um and i do strength training um as well the website's www.humanstrengthandnutrition.com with my partner and um, we have a pretty solid strength and conditioning program online that people can do at home or at the gym um which is you know not super high intensity um because no one needs that these days um but yeah that's where they can find that too human strength and nutrition so that's okay. me Great, Courtney. We'll put those in the show notes. Thank you. Courtney, it's been fantastic to meet you. So thanks so much for joining us. It's such an amazing um, information that you've given there mm. that, that young women in particular are just going to find this episode um, very, very beneficial. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank We'd you, We'd love Courtney. to um, catch up with you again down the track and see how see how the little baby is and and how you're coping there. That'd be amazing to catch up down the track. But thanks again, everyone. Get on to Courtney's Instagram page and and give her a follow. Um, It's been another fantastic episode. Mel, thanks for tracking down another great guest. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thanks, Courtney. See you later, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks again. Thank you.